For more stupidity, go to ankle.fm slash unpc. That is A-N-C-H-O-L dot F-M slash U-N-P-C. Thank you. Hello, my name is Nathan. You could be an idiot. Why you take our advice and listen to our opinions? No idea. Hello, my name is Liam. Throughout the centuries of modern time, we've seen civilizations come and go, but there is never an incompetent, prideful, and just plain Twitter-obsessed nation like Great Britain, where the motto is, if you for drinks, go north. Scotland is a wonderful place, isn't it? Great Britain is one of the only nations that watch a country and commentates on it, even when the country defeats them 2-0. to zero. <clears throat> United States. If you, they constantly want the relevancy, but fade into obscurity by the 70s. When I mean 70s, I mean the 1770s. During the 1960s and 70s, Great Britain was a very popular topic. Not just because the only person that mattered was Freddie Mercury, but that they were becoming pioneers for the internet, something that they can barely manage, much like their knife crime rates. This episode will answer all the, this episode will answer the burning question that people ask about a royal offspring. Where did it all go wrong? <laughs> to answer this crazy question will take a while, so we're just going to cover the three most prominent things a country has to do to become stupid. And it's something the British person has become ashamed of. The three British invasions, Brexit and the BBC, which in America, it's the British Broadcasting Company, not anything else. Not the other BBC. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the first invasion was the Revolutionary War. That was... Ooh. (laughs) Who would win thousands of trained British troops? A, a bunch farmer of farm- with a gun. <laughs> All the other farmers with the pumped up. You better run, better run. Out. You know, friend, you know, every time that a large nation with a highly trained military tries to take on farmers with guns, they fail miserably. Yeah, <clears> that's more. a theme. Yeah, I mean, dude, the Vietnam War. That's literally. What I was thinking. The Revolutionary War. And the Vietnam War. Yeah. What? It's incredible. Like, the Russian Revolution. That was funny. Like that the was incredible. Russian government against a bunch of guys wearing red stars with guns who probably don't know how to read. All the other kids with the pumped up kicks, but outrun the musket. <laughs> but yeah, like I I noticed a trend. It's it's. There's something definitely there. You know? Yeah. And the next invasion is the War of 1812, which is the revenge war that did not work out. Yeah, I know, dude. They messed up bad. This is when you realize, hey, we can't do this, but try anyways. This is like, (laughs) no, this is like a space company realizing, hey, you you can't go to space, but then they just put on a slingshot and try and do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the War of 1812 was just an embarrassment for the British Empire. And then, like, the whole age of decolonization was coming on soon. Gave it 100 years and, you know, started to become more relevant. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which, before we talk about the third invasion, uh, I do want to mention the Falklands. Yeah. The age of decolonization in the 60s through, like, 80s and 90s. And then the Falklands happen. Some useless islands 8,000 miles away from mainland Britain. <laughs> but, you know, we need them. <laughs> We, we, we gotta show power, even though we have none. You gotta have presence in the South Atlantic. But anyway, the third invasion was a cultural invasion in the 60s and 70s. Nate, you ever heard of the Beatles? Um, no, but I got stung by one. <laughs> and I think one, I think one was stung me so hard, I, um, I, I had, I had five days until I went wilding. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a reference to the when Paul McCartney um, was, I think, a Kanye West man. It's a, it's a reference. <laughs> but yeah, so the sixties and seventies played host to literally like so many British bands and so much British culture. It was scary, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, the sixties was more culture, like American culture. Yeah. With the Woodstock and stuff like that. America became America. God. Towards the end of the 60s, it was Beatles and like the animals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And wow, did that make a big dent in American culture. They went, screw you, Britain. Britain all the way. And that that continued until the 70s. That continued into the 70s. Well into the 70s. You know it's bad when Elton John leaves England because he knows it's trash. Yeah, no, like, literally. That's kind of... who. The fact that he had to do that... Damn. That's just depressing. Capitalism only works in the United States and Israel. Yeah, Israel is, like, really good with capitalism. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, third invasion was just mostly cultural. Uh, you ever seen like all those Mini Coopers on road, on like the road? Oh and my stuff? gosh! All why is it that the drivers of those are always terrible? Like they don't use turn signals. They speed up like because they feel like they're saving the planet. They don't have to save some save themselves. They go like eighty in a twenty. Like <laughs> yeah, can the call even do eighty? Mm, no idea. It's carrying a lot of weight. And the weight of guilt. I don't know about this, but I have to. It's it's not you. It's me. I have to Brexit. <laughs> that leads us into our next point. Brexit. What are your thoughts? I feel like that was like the moment where the where the UK said, "Hey, uh, do we have people?" And and the EU said, "Well, um." If you go into war, we'll help you. And then the UK says, "Well, if I go into war, the US will just send it will just help me through everything." Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, especially now, it's it's changed. Our relations with the UK have changed because you know, with the whole Revolutionary War thing, we kind of put that we kind of put that to rest, and now we're just like. You need help, and they're like, "Yeah," and we're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> and here come the soldiers. Open oh, Germany already surrenders. Well, 
order one. Oh, and they want, honestly, and they want more. Open oh, here come the American troops. Up oh, there, that's it. So, do you, are you pro or against Brexit? For against, sorry. Honestly, I don't care. Honestly, Brexit-wise, I don't think that it was a good idea. It just have been much stronger with the EU in trade reasons, and now they have to get passport to fly around the the EU. EU. So that's yeah. annoying. So they messed up their trade. They messed up their travel. The the UK used to have the most powerful passport in the world. Yeah. Their economy is, like, not good either. It's it's going down. They've just fallen apart at the seams. Yeah. Literally. You know, Britain's on fire. Ireland's just chilling. You know, London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down because no one paid the maintenance man. <laughs> London Bridge is falling down because now the British government is broke. <laughs> My old old. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that was a great idea. They really shouldn't have done that. Dude, it's just even the royal family knows that they're leaving to Canada. Hmm. That's that's a slap in the face. Really? Like, come on, dude. That's just, ooh. Ooh, molested. Even the royal family doesn't want to be there. And they get, pay no taxes. Mm-hmm. They pay no taxes. Yeah. They just know how, <laughs> how crappy the nation is. All right. We can talk crap on Britain all we want. However, I will say one thing. They are very nice people. Oh, yeah, they're fine people. Yeah, they're very nice people. Um, they are just, they're a pleasure to be around. And there's been a lot of good stuff coming out of Britain. However, at the same time, One Direction. So, well, they, we can just leave that at that there. It's done. Um, <laughs> so, BBC... The British Broadcasting Network and Sky News. Like, what are your thoughts on both of them? BBC is highly, is pretty biased. I mean, Sky News is getting better, but the feminist sex, the air conditioning, that was really just, that's kind of. Yeah. No matter what, I feel like eight, uh, news agencies are going to be biased because, you know, it's one person who's given a script and they can change it. You know, they can make it sound however they want. I'm not saying change little, like the literal words, but they can manipulate the words to make it sound different. So, for instance, um, like CNN uh, versus Fox, right? Mm -hmm. They are very, very different news stations. Yeah. Uh, And they report on very different topics and they align themselves with very different parties. However, they can report on the same topic and have the same view. It's just one will sound different than the other because of just how that reporter manipulates words because based on what affiliation they are politically. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like and Sky News are essentially the CNN and Fox of Britain. Yeah, and it's just going to be... 
But here's the thing. BBC has the almighty hand. Yeah. Because they're known in the world. Yeah. Sky News is relatively, you know. Yeah. But, so we begin with Invasion not- 1 officially through Evolutionary War. Um, well, here's what happened. On, in season one, a, a king thought, hey, why not we get some property on on this side of the uh, of America? It's free real estate. <laughs> all you have to do is kill all of the natives. <laughs> but, um, but George, if you do that, you could fight. Um, you could have to fight with the <gasps> French. <laughs> oh no! Well, we know we know are that we can we, do it, and they did. Are we on? And that's when we became French and Indian. Uh, let's see. The French and Indian War was um, honestly not most mostly was fought like just French and let's, British. It should have been the French. And it's called War. the Let's Bury the Hatchet War. Yeah, it should have been just called the French and British War. However, it normally gets um, thrown in with uh, the Seven yeah. Years' War because technically they. Uh, however, it's like literally. Yeah, when you put a hatchet into a French diplomat, you get a wall. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and, the French Revolution. And a- yeah. right, after that, Revolutionary War, the thirteen colonies—they don't like George anymore because George is kind of being a, a tyrannical dictator. A little bit. You know, just enough to tip people off. And while he asked for money and money and money, like the usual subway solicitor, but um, he this time he forces the colonies to give it to him, like like a child begging in Times Square for money for a laptop, which everyone knows he can afford. Mm-hmm. And after this, people get so mad that they literally are able to um to fight him with a with the best army in the world. I mean, of course, this is the army that usually is accustomed to normal, like, nice customs, like tea and crumpets. But that all changed <laughs> after Washington crossed the lovely and still beautiful-looking Delaware um, River, which please visit Delaware, hashtag, visit Delaware.com. And after that, the um, the, the new United States of America took back um well really took away Britain's power in North America and really gave the slap in the face in the dunce cap that Britain needed. All they had left was um Canada. Yeah, in British Columbia. Which is where all the loyalists went after they after the team lost. And the thing with um the Revolutionary War too is uh the Hessians who that's a Yeah, the Hessians were their their kingdoms because yes, there were multiple kingdoms. Um, are in modern day Germany, and during the Revolutionary War, uh, the British hired them and they pulled in Italy, and like 
a lot of them kind of abandoned the British and they swapped sides. <laughs> a lot of them like fighting for the Americans. And it becomes Germany, versus, Germany, France, and the U.S. versus Britain. Yep. Well, yes, a lot of Hessians were still on the side of the British. It just, you know, wasn't the same. And figuratively, not literally, the world turned upside down. And as Katy Perry, Perry would ask, is math related to science? <laughs> So, the uh, War of 1812, they burned down the White House, the British. Now, now the Black House. Went, <laughs> not the Black House. <laughs> no, they yoinked the Black House. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, we uh, still in hell. They burned down the Capitol. Um, they burned a bunch of plantations, and the U.S. was just like, no, not good, and we fought back. And we eventually won. Though, that naval war was really weird. Yeah. Because throughout the War of 1812, um, up until, like, the end of the Civil War, naval war was, like, a new, new thing. Like, the new, like our modern yeah. idea yeah. of the new You can war. fight with the water? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes, ships had been, like, yeah. you know... But they They didn't have like alright, so the modern concept is ships made out of metal, right? Uh metal don't hurt as much when you get when you shoot it, right? It doesn't get hurt nearly as much. Wood. Uh Right? So during that and um like during the Civil War too, if you look up US Navy uh, Civil War, you're going to see some really weird pictures. Because, like, they're just, what? They look like lumps in the water. Like, literal lumps. Look at this fleet, boy. Big metal look at this fleet. They're big, like, metal structures um, that run on sea. Sounds like artificial kneecaps. Oh, and dude, then there's, like, river gunboats and stuff, like, the first modern gunboats, which, again, were utilized in World War Two, World War One, and actually, not nearly as much in World War One, but in World War Two and, um, Vietnam. So, like, the first modern gunboat really came together during the War of 1812 and the Civil War. Um, and, yeah, like... The United States uh, Navy ironclad. Those are really yeah, that fleet ironclad warships. They literally are just like lumps sticking out of the water. Like they're they're just they're so neat looking, and they're all steam powered. You know, like bad oatmeal. I feel like Mm. it was like that, like clumps in in the oatmeal. Like you can see it, but it's overcooked the oatmeal. Like that, yeah. And we move on to... We we go from the American comeback story and the Britain... um, Fool me once, shame on um, you. Fool me twice, I better get some more money. To the 60s and 70s of, of the 1900s. Okay. 
First things first, cultural invasion in the 60s and 70s. Wow. It really hasn't left, um, but it's become less prominent, mm-hmm. you know? Like, way less prominent. Way less prominent. Because during the sixties and er, during the sixties and seventies, like the Union Jack was a really big thing, uh, like put everywhere, bars, restaurants, alleyways. People would spray paint it. Like it, it was everywhere. And then there's all sorts of British bands that are playing. Don't you come uh, back no more? British punk kind of arrived. What is that about? Uh, British yeah, punk. I don't get it. British punk music. I don't. It's just, I, I don't know. British punk, old, like, 70s British punk music is okay. Um, but then that inspired a whole, that inspired a whole punk revolution in the United States, which, like, Washington, D.C. was a huge part of that. Like, we're talking, like, Fugazi and bands like that that came to light because of the British cultural invasion. And, yeah. For the first so, time, Britain actually pulls off an invasion. What about a possible fourth invasion? What do you think that he would He thinks be? that the fourth invasion is the royal family. Yeah. I think it's um, gradually like the BBC and Sky News and the royal family and uh, British culture kind of making a comeback in the US. I think it's all kind of combining for like a fourth Invasion, another cultural one, though. Yeah, it's it it's watching the new like the new world understands like the the stupidity of the royal family. How it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, the thing with um the fourth invasion is I feel like it's not necessarily a physical invasion, nor is it like a very prominent one, but it's there. Um, kind of like what happened with, um, I, I think it's going to continue into the 20s. Um, but I think in the teens, I guess, the 2010, you know, to, through 2019, um, I think from that, it was um, pretty much like, I guess, the Asian invasion, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of culture, uh, specifically like Japan and like South Korea. Um, and it kind of started dying off towards the end of the decade. And before that, it was like the Australian invasion. Oh, my you know? God. Britain is going through, or at least at the beginning of the 20-teens, they're also kind of going through a Southeast Asian invasion. Oh, that was interesting. Uh, with a lot of, like, food and a lot of places inspired by that. But yeah, I think it's going to be more of a cultural invasion that's not going to be nearly as prominent. As the third invasion of the U.S. Uh, during the sixties and seventies, however, it's gonna I be there. I really think it's just gonna be what happens after Brexit will determine the future of the entire country. Exactly, and until we can get long-term things like down, uh, until then, you know. Yeah, we're good now. So, um, I think that. Britain is something that needs to understand what the future holds for them before they try and take on more things. 
Exactly. I feel like the British government just kind of thinks in the here and now. And they really need to look out on their future for citizens, too. I feel like they kind of neglect their citizens mm. almost, you know? But anyway, that was our little uh, British invasion, you know? Also, Brexit sounds a lot like a breakfast yeah. biscuit. Um, so in our next part, we're um, we're on breakfast. All crumpets, what are crumpets supposed to be? Not good. <laughs> if I give you crumpets and red lobster biscuits, what would yeah. you put over? I don't know. That's a that's kind of a hard question. Okay. Yeah. Crumpets, I feel like they pair well with just a spread of yeah. some sort, a sweet spread. Uh, cranberries, oh, Marmite, Marmite, 100, yeah, Marmite, mm-hmm. Red Lobster, it's gravy, homemade country gravy. If there was a, ne- a, a publicly access network that you would rather have, would you rather have the BBC or C-SPAN? I'm going to go with C-SPAN. Yeah. Stick close exactly. to home. I have like news that's co- almost perfect. The news that is about something else that they don't exactly know. Yeah. It's, it's just. It's like searching the web and then calling yourself an expert. <laughs> All right. I think we're at the 26 minute mark. Uh, this is just a bonus episode, so we do have to cut it short. I apologize to anyone who's listening who's expecting more. Um, if you want more, we have two other episodes. And again, right if now. you want to read, um, if you want to see the rest of them, uh, all um, to get to the website is anchor.fm slash unpc. Um, that is anchor.fm slash unpc, unpolitically correct. And that was intentional, <laughs> by the way. Perfect. That's yeah. funny. Alright, well, if you want to hear anything else, we have two others right now, and they're both about an hour long, Yeah. right? An hour yeah. ten, around there. If you're average it out, probably like an hour twelve. So if you do want more, we do have more. Um, keep your eye out for new episodes in the future, as we will be bringing them out gradually. Well, anyway, um, any um, last thoughts? If you cough and have trouble breathing, you're not go- um, you might have coronavirus. That does not mean drink. It's two different things. Also, if you have trouble breathing after a night of drinking, yeah. that's pretty normal. Anything <laughs> else? Social distance, like, Jesus, yeah. it's not hard. Anything else? All right. No, I think that's it. Thank you all for listening, and we will probably be yep. posting. In the next month's episode, it will be in a few days, in like the course of a few days, and it will be, I think, about the evolution of fast food breakfast. Again, my yeah. name is Jeff. 
Goodbye. See?